Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. I want to focus this morning, and I, and I kind of touched lightly over this, the idea of the importance of people. And I shared, you know, how much I missed you guys, and I did. But, it, but during this, this sabbatical, I, I went down to Arkansas. I got to spend some time with my sister and her family. I got to attend my niece's wedding. Uh, congratulations to, you know, to Becca and Wiley. I'm just, you know, I'm very excited for them. I got to reconnect uh, with, you know, my nephews and nieces. One of them is now a youth leader in her church, and she's actually, you know, the youth, essentially the youth pastor, so I was very proud of her. She was kind of asking me some questions. It made me feel good, like I might actually know something, which is clearly <laughs> wrong. But I got gray hair, so there's an assumption that I, you know, and I've been doing this a while. I at least, you know, give them a shot. One of the other young men, you know, he started, he's an entrepreneur. He started two businesses, and I got to talk about my father, who was an entrepreneur, and kind of, and he texted me later, and it really touched me. He said, man, I really enjoyed that conversation. And I thought, you know, wow, I got to, I got to be with people, which, which led me, because I felt like the Spirit of God speak to me, to talk this pre-Thanksgiving Sunday about people and about relationships. And, and the Lord led me to the book of Philippians. So if you could, if you could go there with me, I want to open in Philippians 1.1. And this is, you know, here's the deal. We're only going to cover the first seven or eight verses in the book of Philippians. And a lot of times we just blow past these as being some sort of trite introduction, but there's, they're not. Every word in the Bible is important. Yes. Every word in the Bible, it's there for a reason. The Holy Spirit put it there for a reason so that, that we, we, we would grow from it. So I, I don't want us to skip over some really important things that, that the Apostle Paul brings out in the book of Philippians. And it starts out, it says, this letter is from Paul and Timothy. They're co-writing it, slaves of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. Paul's letters and Peter's letters and John's letters, the epistles, I want you to, to, to contextualize what they are. They're not academic dissertations, okay? They're, they're not. They are very personal letters written from somebody to somebody or somebody's. Okay, Paul is not writing to strangers. He's not trying to, to you know, write sort of this is, you know, whatever. This is him writing to people he, know, he knows and loves and that he has is, he is lived with, he's broken bread with, he's, he's, you know, dealt with issues with them. And they have reached out to him. Now, he is most likely under arrest in Rome. And they have reached out to him about some issues that are happening within the church. There's some struggles going on in the church. And they probably sent these with a guy named Epaphroditus, if I said his name correctly, because it alludes to him that he's come to visit Paul and he's brought Paul an offering to help him be, you know, support himself during this imprisonment period. And so Paul isn't, you know, this, this is something that you have to understand. This is a personal letter to people he cares about greatly. And, and if we get away from that and, and we sort of, you know, take the emotion out of the letter, I think we miss some of what Paul's trying to write. Okay, again, this is not an academic dissertation. It's a personal letter. And the reality is that Paul has planted a church in Philippi. Do we have that map that kind of shows people where that's at? Can we, can we, can we put that up? I don't know if, if they were able to do that or not. 
But Philippi is up in the Aegean Sea at the very top, and, and Paul is over in Rome. And, and what he is, is talking about is there is a great joy in his heart because he's planted this church, and this church is growing, and this church is thriving. And at the same time, there's all kinds of crazy breaking out. Have you ever had a time in your life when both great and awful things happen simultaneously? And I, say, I was sitting at breakfast in my hotel in Arkansas on Thursday morning, and I'm listening. I'm not listening, but, but you know how somebody's on their cell phone and they're two seats from you and you can't help but hear it? Which makes me wonder, why are you talking about personal things in the middle of an open room? But that's okay. That's another thing. But what this guy was talking about is he is in town because his very first grandchild has been born. And he's talking to this guy, and it starts out, and you hear the conversation, oh, I'm so proud, you know, my daughter had her baby, we're here, and everything's healthy, and the baby's healthy, and mom's healthy, and this, oh, this, I'm, gee, he's reveling in it. And I'm, I'm eating my biscuits and gravy, because it's Arkansas, and so I'm sitting there having my breakfast, and then he goes, oh, I'm just, well, I'm calling you because I just wanted to, to see if we're okay. And what has happened in this man's life is his business, while he's visiting his daughter and the grandbabies being born, two of his key employees have quit, gone across the street, started a competing company, and they're trying to poach all of his customers. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, wow, that's talk about heaven and hell at the same time. And, and, and so he's you know, talking to them. And again, it, it, it was more interesting than the biscuits and gravy. So I, I, you know, I kind of sat there and said a prayer for him. I didn't feel led to go over and share. I didn't have a word for him or anything. But it, it really reminded me how often in our lives we're in the midst of celebrating something wonderful. And at the same time, something awful is happening. And how important people are in the midst of those kinds of seasons. And so Paul writes this. It's a personal letter. And, and he continues as we go down, he, he, he says this. He said, may God our Father, verse 2, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Again, could sound trite, could sound disingenuous, could sound you know, insincere, but it's not. That is a blessing that he is speaking to a group of people that he cares about a lot. He's praying for them. And as I was thinking about this, I said, how often do we enter into difficult conversations and, and we, just, we just jump in? Sometimes we avoid it, we talk around it, and sometimes we just blurt it out because we don't know what else to do. But how much different would those conversations be if we prayed a blessing, even silently, over the people we're about to talk to? What if we said, you know, God we got to have a conversation here. we got to talk about a difficult thing. But Lord, Lord, be in this conversation. Lord, bless them. Let your grace be alive in their life. Let your peace be alive in your life. I know they're upset. I know they're anxious. I know that something bad has happened. But God, let your peace that goes beyond understanding enter into their minds and into their hearts. Let faith begin to well up. You don't have to intercede for 10 minutes. This is not a 10-minute prayer. This is a two-second prayer. And yet I believe that in the midst of our interactions with people, particularly people that, that are important to us, that there, there, there would be a huge difference if, if before we have these conversations about difficult subjects or to confront some difficult issues, we would speak a blessing over their life first. Good stuff in those first two sentences, right? I mean, if, again, if we don't read past them. And so, so he goes on and says this. Verse 3. Every time 
Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I should pause there for a moment. There are people in your life that every time they, every time they come up in your mind, you just go, man, I'm, I'm glad they're in my life. You know people like that? I hope you know people like that because there should be people like that. You know, every time they come up, man, I go, man, I'm just so glad they're in. They're just something, man. I, I smile when I think about them. Do you think there are people who smile about you? <laughs> just, just a question. I mean, I, just, I thought about that. I, you know, every, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so I'm on my better days. I thought about it. As I came in, you know, everybody hugged me and they welcomed me and they said, you know, we missed you, Pastor Pat. No, they didn't say that. They, they said, <laughs> you know, the joke while I was gone is we were just going to dress Pat up in my clothes and have him preach and y'all wouldn't know the difference. Uh, you know, that would be, that would be it. But, but the point of it is, I, you know, I, I want people to actually feel like I was a positive influence in their life and that they, they actually do miss me but but we need to acknowledge there are people like that and that's how Paul feels about the folks in Philippi he says whenever I pray I make my request for all of you with joy it's not a burden for me to pray for you there's some folks yeah it's a burden for me to pray for no I there aren't not for you guys but but you know what I'm saying there's some people that are easier to pray for than others right there come on now you know what I'm saying? There's some folks out there that, you know, well, no, everybody's the same. That's a lie. You know that. There are people in your life that, man, when something's going on in their life, it is a joy to pray for them. And the reason it's a joy is this. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. At the very beginning of this letter, he lets them know how important they are to him. How much he recognized them as a blessing from God. God put you in my life, he's saying. And so he pauses before he does anything else and says, you know, I, I speak a blessing over you, but I want you to acknowledge that you, you, whenever I think about you, I, I get a warm feeling inside. And whenever I pray for you, I am privileged to do that because you have, you've been through it with me. You've been a blessing to me. And I, I want to just say something here, and I think this is important, particularly going into the holidays. You know, we're going into Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah and all of these things, and, and, and I think it's important that, that we, we read these passages and take a couple of things away. Number one is that never assume, never assume that the people who are important to you know that they are important to you. Leave that up. Think about that. And I thought about, you know, I was on sabbatical. I had a lot of time to think. And, and I saw my sister, and, you know, I, I hadn't talked to her a whole lot. And I thought, I wonder if she knows how important she is to me. You know, because I, I like my sister. You know, I was horrible to her as a child, but that's what brothers do. <laughs> you know? Can I get an amen in this house? You know, it's, it's, my job was to keep her humble. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. But, but, but I wonder if she knows how important she is to me. I wonder, you know, if, if people in here know how important you are to me. I wonder, I wonder if the people who are important to me know that they are important to me. Because we should never assume that. And that is why I believe as Christians, you really do need to express your love for one another. Express it. I think the five love languages books, are you familiar with that five love languages books? I think that's a great foundational core for how we can communicate love. But the truth is, however you communicate it, you need to communicate it. Because if we don't, 
What the devil does is come in and he lies to people and he says, well, you don't really care about me. You know, you don't really think I'm important. You don't care about my problems or my issues or anything else. You know, and that's, that's just not true. It's just a lie from the pit of hell. And that's not a cliche. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But if you will be proactive in your relationships and make it a, make it a priority to express your affection for the people who are important to you, I think it will change how you interact with those people around you. I think it would help marriages. I think it would help uh, families. I think it would make Christmas and Thanksgiving a little less stressful. It is. I remember a friend of mine, he was talking to me, and I, you know, this is back in Missouri, and, he, and I go, how, how, you know, how's Christmas looking? He's like, ah, well, grandma's coming again. Well, what's that mean? He goes, it means it's going to be awful. <laughs> Because his grandma had a drinking problem, and she was fine in, in the early part, but, you know, a couple of bottles of wine in, and grandma said whatever came to her mind, which wasn't always nice. <laughs> anybody got anybody like that in their life? You know what I'm saying? And so, so he, you know, he didn't look forward to Christmas because, you know, let's put the kids to bed before grandma starts cussing. You, you know, you got all that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, don't assume that people are important. Take the time to express And secondly, always appreciate the special value of spiritual relationships. Paul said, I I think with joy about you because you and I shared something. We we planted a church together. We began to share the gospel together. We endured persecution together. You know, we did something for the kingdom. And I've got friends who are religious and not religious, who believe I got Hindu friends, I got Muslim friends, I got atheist friends, I got agnostic friends, I got gay friends, I got straight friends, I got, I got all kinds of friends, I do. And I think that pleases God. But there's something different about the people in my life who I have a spiritual relationship with. And by that, people who draw me closer to God. When I'm around them, I want to be a better version of myself. When I'm around them, I, I want to do stuff for the kingdom. I remember to repent of things. You know what I'm saying? There, there are people who provoke you to good works, right? There are people who, when you hear about their prayer life, you want a better prayer life. There are people, when you hear about what they're reading, you want to read more than just comic books or, or, or whatever. You know, do people read comic books still? Is that, I would be showing my age here, but, you know. <laughs> you know, the, the point of it is, they make you more spiritual. And these are incredible relationships. You know, here at Encounter, one of our passions is transformation, to see people become new creations in Christ. Who wants to get saved but stay the same? Well, it's better than not getting saved, you know, all, all things. But, I mean, Jesus didn't die just for us to go to heaven. He died for us to walk away from a, a destructive, harmful lifestyle and embrace a, a blessed lifestyle, to make better decisions, to have better family relationships. And we want that. But who are the people in our lives who bring us to that place where we repent and we want to repent and we embrace new things? We need to value those. All right? And then he says this, verse 6, and I am certain, I'm certain, I'm positive, I'm convinced, I know this is truth. All right? This isn't something that I I hope, I'm I'm not just saying this to make you feel better about yourself. I am certain 
that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Have you ever wondered whether you're going to finish the race well or not? Have you ever wondered whether you're going to actually repent of something that's been hanging around your life for way longer than it should? Did I say that correctly? That makes sense? I mean, sometimes I talk to a guy who goes, I don't know if I'm ever going to walk away from that. Yes, you are. Why? Because Jesus is going to complete the work he began in you. He is going to cause you to not only want to, but he's going to give you the power to walk away from him. You may not have the full deliverance yet, but you're on the way. You're getting there. See, what, what Paul is doing is he begins by, by telling them how important they are. He acknowledges the, the special place, the spiritual place that this congregation has in his heart and how they shared his burden. They blessed him. They supported him. They prayed for him. They, 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 they caused him to succeed in what it was God had called him to do. And he turned around and he reciprocated. He said, you've reached out to me. You sent these messages through Paproditus. You, you've, you've sent them to me and shared some of the challenges that you're going through right now. And, and you're concerned and you don't know how to answer them. Well, I want to answer them for you. Number one, if you'll just stay faithful. If you remember what I've taught you, he goes on in further places. And just stay faithful to the gospel that you've received. I don't have a doubt in my mind that God is going to complete the work within you. And implicit in this is this little nugget. This little nugget that says, you know, you ain't perfect yet. And that's okay. Do you know you can look at somebody? Just look them right in the eye right now this morning and say, you ain't perfect. <laughs> Lex, you ain't perfect. I see you on that back row. You ain't perfect. But that's okay. You're being perfected. You understand what I'm saying? You ain't perfect, but you're being perfected. And that's what the walk with Christ is all about. And so we see that. And, and then I just want to leave, not leave this passage with this thought. Healthy people both receive and give encouragement. You don't want to be that person who is always looking to be encouraged, but you never encourage somebody else. You know why? Well, we all know that if you give out and give out and never bring in, you end up dry, right? We all know that. So, so that's why you need to be in church. That's why you need to be in small group. That's why you need to be in the Bible. That's why you need to be in prayer. Because if you're perpetually just giving out encouragement, giving out words, eventually you dry up and have nothing left to offer. That's one reason why this sabbatical was really good for me. It let me recharge my mind and my soul some. But the, 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 the opposite is equally true. If all you do is receive, 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 you're going to stagnate and stink. Seriously. Now, I've shared this story before, but, but when I was a young man, we moved to Joplin, Missouri, and we moved outside of town, and we were 10 miles from the, the National Monument, which is the birthplace for, for George Washington Carver. Now, you should know who George Washington Carver was, 
But who he was was this incredibly intelligent, gifted scientist who worked with the Tuskegee Institute. He was an African-American, born a slave, and ended up being a tremendous uh, entrepreneurial influence in America. He, he helped perfect peanut butter and helped uh, you know, bring it to commercial. If you like peanut butter, you owe a debt to George Washington Carver. All right. Well, but in his birthplace, where he was born a slave, there was this, this pathway you could take. And there was this really cool pond, and we'd ride our, it was 10 miles from my house to there. And we'd ride our bikes there, and we'd get out and take a picnic lunch, and we'd go around this pond, and you could see all these fishes. And it was just really, really cool. Well, you know, I grew up, moved away. Years later, decades later, I go back, and we decide, my sister and I, to go have a picnic at George Washington Carver Park. We drive out there, get our stuff, have a picnic, and I looked forward to taking the nature walk around the pond. But when I went around the pond then as a man, as an adult, that pond is a gross, smelly swamp. I mean, it's all full of silt. There ain't nothing in it but frogs and snakes. And, uh, and who wants frogs and snakes? I'm looking out, see if any hands come up. I'm just going to be concerned at you if you are. I mean, nobody, but, but, but the, what happened, I asked my sister and my brother-in-law, who's an engineer, I go, what happened to the pond? He goes, well, what happened? It got, it got jammed up at the end, and the outflow stopped. So it just began to, you know, the water would come in, it would evaporate, and the silt would be left, and it just became this gross thing. That's what you're like when all you do is receive encouragement and never give it away. Okay? <laughs> Healthy people both receive and give encouragement. And you see this beautifully demonstrated in Paul here talking to the, the Philippian church saying, man, you blessed me. You blessed me. But you know something? I know you're going through it, so I want to bless you. And sometimes we can't bless the people who have blessed us, but I guarantee you there is somebody that you can bless out there. Do you, you're really going to tell me you don't know anybody that doesn't need a little bit of encouragement right now? Of course you do. We all do. Even if we need encouragement, we can't always be thinking about ourselves. As we go into the holiday season, you know, I know there's going to be some challenges. And yes, you need encouragement. I need encouragement. Paul needed encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. But it's also equally important that we give encouragement, all right? All right. So let, let, let's continue. And this will be the last verse. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. This is how you should feel about, about me and how I feel about you. I ought to love you. You deserve to be loved. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God. We share the favor of God. As Christians, do you understand the favor of God rests on us? The favor of God. We're not some, you know afterthought, the Lord of, of all, the creator of heaven and hell, the, 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 the creator of the universe, looked at us and said, I want you to be part of my family, and I'm in doing you, I'm empowering you, I should say, with favor, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. Paul's looking at man, yeah, I know I'm, you know I'm going through hell, you know they've locked me up, you know I'm imprisoned, but that doesn't mean God left me. That didn't mean God abandoned me. That didn't mean that, well, you know, you're, yeah, God must be mad at you because you did something wrong. That's why you're in jail. No, man. 
God's favor, God's presence, God's power is with me, even though I'm going through this season. And I know you're going through a season too, but no matter what you're going through, never think that you're without the favor of God. That's what he's saying. You, you, come on, yeah, there's something happening in Philippi. I can't be there personally. Something's causing problems. There's some knucklehead stirring up strife. There's somebody doing something stupid, and he doesn't even know he's doing it, but he's doing it. Do not think that God has left you. The favor of the Lord is on you. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Paul's reminding them as well that there is a loyalty and affection that developed between him and the Philippians that was born of the adversity that they had mutually endured. And he's reminding them that. There are people in your life, you went through something with them. Maybe it was an illness. Maybe it was a marital situation. Maybe it was a kid situation. Maybe it was just you went stupid for a season and made some poor choices. Anybody ever go stupid for a season and make poor choices? Would all of you stand up so the rest of us can mock you and make fun? No, I <laughs> don't want to do that. I know everybody, I'm going to throw something at that boy. He should have stayed away six weeks. I didn't need to be here. You know, it's, you have these moments. But let me just tell you, the people you go through stuff with hold a special place in your life. Have you ever listened to the testimonies of men who are, are visiting kind of these war, you know, what do they call those things? Uh, not memorial, but you know when you have like a 10-year anniversary, you know, it's like reunions. Thank you. Uh, the Band of Brothers reunions and some of those others. You know, soldiers who get together and said, man, you remember us going through the Battle of the Bulge? You remember us going through, you know, uh, you know that, the, the conflict we had in Vietnam? Remember? And you listen to them, and they may not have seen each other for years, but they have a shared experience which creates a bond in their life that, 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 that is eternal until, and, you know, it, it never goes away. And I, as I was on a sabbatical, I was thinking about this. I, I, I reached out to some old friends of mine that I haven't heard from in years. People that we went through some stuff together. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I just reached, hey, you know, Jim, I'm thinking about you, man. You were on my heart. How's it going? And we kind of exchanged a couple of texts. But it was funny. I did that twice. And then I get texts from three guys who, who reached out to me and said, hey, Reese, I was thinking about you. And I thought, that's kind of unusual. I mean, you know, and it's like we were able to encourage one another in real time. But what the Lord was telling me is that, that there are people in your life that you have forgotten about, that you went through some stuff with, and if you'll not forget those relationships, there was something spiritual that was created there, a bond that was created. You don't have to move in with them. You don't have to go back to being best friends forever but there, there will be times in your life when you're going to need to be encouraged. And there are people you should remember to reach out to. And there are times in your life when you're going to be prompted by the Holy Spirit to reach out to them. Because there was something permanent that was deposited in your heart. There was a love, a selflessness, a, a bond that was created through the adversity that you mutually endured. Does that make sense? And this is kind of an esoteric point. I'm just saying, what I'm politely telling you is, is don't forget your old friends. Don't forget those people, particularly the people that you had a spiritual journey with, even if they've moved away and are living in Florida, okay? 
which is literally where one of my friends is right now, which is fine. Remind ourselves of our past victories to encourage us as well in our present problems. Man, if God got you through that 20 years ago, he's going to get you through what you're going through now. So I, I want to bring this message to a conclusion with just, just these things. This Thanksgiving, I just challenge you to recognize and appreciate the people in your life who are important to you. To not just appreciate them, but to recognize them. Make some phone calls. Long distance is free. Remember when long distance cost you? <laughs> anybody? 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 Yeah, I, I, when Sarah and I were dating, my phone bill was 300 bucks a month. <laughs> Such is life, you know? You know, the long distance, you know, it's free. Call some people. Texting is, is universal. You can text people anywhere in the world. But especially those with whom you have a spiritual relationship. Maybe former pastors, maybe former small group leaders, maybe a youth leader somewhere along the line. But second, don't be embarrassed or hesitate to reach out for encouragement. If you're going through something, please, please let someone know. All right? Let somebody know. There are people who love you, who care about you, who want to stand in faith with you, but it's, we're not all clairvoyant. Yes, the Holy Spirit sometimes prompts us. You know, or maybe he always prompts us, but we don't always listen. But you know what's easier than, than having to hear? It's actually friends telling friends that we're going through something. Would you mind standing with me in faith? We should never hesitate about that. But also, really proactively think this holiday. Who can you text? Who's lost a loved one? Who's gone through a divorce? Who's lost a child? Who's lost a parent? Who's lost a job? Who's got a bad diagnosis from a physician? Those people should not be alone, particularly if they're of the faith. If they're part of the faith, man, we need to be standing there and standing with them and letting them know, man, you may be in Bogota, Colombia, but, but I'm still praying for you, still thinking about you. My encouragement, this is, I really feel this is a look. Remember the people from your past with whom you shared a special time and reach out to them. And again, I, I admit I was in Arkansas with my family, so perhaps I'm nostalgic. But, but I really feel it's of the Lord that, that we would just not just gloss over some past relationships. That have, and again, I get it. There's people I haven't talked to in ages, and I, they have no reason to talk with them in ages because we're not doing stuff together. But there's still a bond there. And this holiday, think about that. And finally, remind each other about your past victories. But remember, there is always a fresh anointing for the challenges you are facing today. Just like Paul told the Philippians, we may be going through hell, but the favor of God is still on us. The favor of God is still on us. And with that, I'd like to just bring this service to a close with, with this, this encouragement. God's grace is always there. But we don't always ask for it. And by grace, I mean a special anointing to, to overcome and endure some difficult times. And to, to recognize his hand in our situation. Sometimes we just think things are easy because they're easy. We don't recognize the hand of God. His grace is there. But I just want to pray for each and every one of you, both online and in person, that this Thanksgiving season 
that you're just supernaturally aware of his grace in a special way. If you're going through a tough time, his favor is on you. If you can be a, a depositor of grace into somebody else's life, that you realize you have something to give. And that, that the relationships of our lives are not a burden, but they're a blessing. And that people, people, even people that sometimes are a challenge, are always important to God. Let's pray. If you would, just please respond by just lifting your hands like this and just ask the Holy Spirit to touch you in a special way this morning. Father, I, I just pray for encounter as a family. I pray for each and every person who's here. I pray for every online person, everyone who watches this on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever they see it, that, Lord, your, your grace is being poured into their life, that I am aware of your grace, God, that Bree is aware of your grace, that we are aware of your grace in us and that we're not, we're, we're, we're not dismissive of the importance of the people that we're in relationship with. Those who don't know you and those who do, that we're not dismissive of the past, that the past is, is important and there are, there, are, there are people from our past that are important for us to, to reach out to and to share that grace with. Holy Spirit, if, if there's anything this Thanksgiving that we need to repent of, if, if this message has brought us to an awareness of something in our lives that we, we should say we're sorry for, give us the courage to, to do that with boldness. Give us the courage to do that with boldness. But let us not rest in that place of, okay, yeah, that's wrong. Let us embrace a future where we truly turn from unhealthy behaviors to healthy. Let none of us, none of us be stagnant ponds. None of us be stagnant ponds. And this is my prayer for myself and for my family and for this congregation. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.